The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked into the latest edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by RotoFanatic.com. The season's over, but we've got a couple of tidbits for you before we close up shop. Check it all out at RotoFanatic.com. It's episode 125, the closing bell of 2021. Join your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govee, as they review the season that was. What did they get right? What did they screw up? How much do they not know? You're going to find out on this show. We're also going to pay tribute to the legend himself. 2021 inaugural winner of the Palazzo Podcast Invitational, Richard Sands. Congratulations to Richards, and he will soon be getting a big-ass trophy. What do you got for MVP in the AL? NL? How about the Cy Youngs? Which player blew your mind this year? What player really bummed you out? Who is the player that you marketed all preseason only to have him rip your heart out of your chest? Let's hear about it today on the Plazo Podcast. We're here for you. We'll be here as long as we want to be. It's time for the Plazo Podcast to kick into full gear. Take it away, boy! Govier, Christopher Deary here, ready to rock. It's 9 p.m. on a Thursday evening. The season is over. 2021 fantasy baseball is no more. It's playoff time now, so everybody can settle in and enjoy the playoffs. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. Well, that's no, that's not. Jim Mora is not a part of the show usually, but you know, I didn't have the playoff drop. I did the wrong one. Deary, is, uh, is Jim Mora alive? Yeah, he's absolutely he's alive. alive. Yeah, he's doing fine. What about Marv Levy? He's still alive. Unbelievable. He's really old, though. He's super old. He's got to be in his 90s. Anyways, this is not a football show. We're here to talk fantasy <laughs> baseball. The season is over. This is our end of season wrap up. We're going to talk about what we learned and what we totally got wrong, what maybe we got right, and what we learned from you guys as well. We learned so much for everybody else, and hopefully you learned a thing or two from us. Uh, Deary, how did your overall 2021 fantasy baseball season go? It was good. We had some hits, we had some misses. Uh, a lot of close things that happened down the stretch that eliminated eliminated me from the playoffs. I, I learned a lot, certainly in terms of draft strategies. You know what to kind of focus on. It was really interesting looking back at specifically like some of my some of my drafts early on, and then also looking at some of our Shiner Ride the Pine uh, projections. Really, really interesting. I think what I learned most is. 
things are just not a guarantee. I was looking at some of like these guys that we thought were going to be in the starting lineups for a lot of teams. And after a couple of weeks, they were gone or even guys that didn't even have teams by the end of the year. You know, a guy like an Adam Eaton didn't even have a squad at the end of the year. He was the yeah. starting starting right fielder for the White Sox to start the season. So um, Are you bringing that up on purpose? What? No. Adam Eaton? No, I didn't. Why? I feel like I said he might score 100 runs this year. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I think the projection was like 77. We both shined it. Yeah, I really thought he was going to thrive in an offense that was going to be above average, and he yeah. just died. He's he's done. His career's over. Yeah, yeah, it's over. I mean, he's in his he's in his like mid thirties now. But it was just, I mean, look looking looking at guys like specifically the ones that really were interesting looking at was the innings pitch. We talked about a couple of weeks ago how I think yeah. there was four guys that went two hundred innings, but. There's a lot of guys that like, I mean, innings were down. They they were down. I mean, I think there was 11 guys in 2019 that had over 200 innings. It was down this year. Um, the freak out of the dead end ball at the start of the season, there was still a lot of home runs, but it was still down from what it was, you know, two years ago. I mean, it wasn't the drastic drop that we maybe had thought, but there was certainly effect, especially early on. Um, another crazy thing that happened this year was the, the, Banning of the pine tar and the sticky stuff. I mean, we had no yeah. idea how that was going to change things up. I, I think going into next year, I think it's going to be a lot easier for people to kind of start projecting and, and making some of their predictions for next year because we had a full season. And I'm glad we were able to get a full season, which every single podcast I've listened to in the last two months that as they were kind of wrapping up their season, they talked about how it was really difficult to project what was going to happen this season, specifically with pitchers. Yeah, it was a really, really surprising season in a way. It was also just a bizarre season because of all the things that happened with the teams themselves and the Mariners hanging in it till the very end of the season. It was very impressive, but still more impressive than that. Oh, look at what happens to me when I do that. Look at that. Whoa. 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 Those of you listening to the podcast version, you can't see me. I'm translucent I'm like slinking into the ether. So long, oh, everybody. Amazing. Trippy stuff. Oh, now I'm back. Anyways. The problem is that they weren't even the Giants. The Mariners can't even compete with what the Giants did. The Giants were projected to win 74, 75 games. They won 107 yeah. fucking games. It's fucking insane. It, yes, it, it is mind-blowing. It's it's unreal. It here's how, it, The funniest thing is we never talked about any San Francisco Giants coming into this season. Looking at our Shiner Ride, the Pine predictions, we made three projections, and it was Gaussman, Dickerson, and Yaz. <laughs> and that was it. The, the only That's other team fault. closest to that was actually our hometown Tigers, where I think we made four or five. Go Tigers. Yeah, that's my fault. Uh, I just had a massive blind spot for all Giants because I thought they all sucked. And yeah. I did not expect for them to be good. And that is not how you win leagues. So I apologize to everybody for that. Need to do a better job of recognizing the players that I think are boring or lame who could still provide you plenty of fantasy value in 2022. I'm going to, in fact, that's my main focal point going into next year is to make sure that I don't let my biases, my biases get in the way with players that I think are just over the hill or very blah, in a sense, the kind of player that makes me feel like I'm dead inside and I just don't have any interest in. That's not how you win. You got to have those guys. Yeah, Kevin Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman deserved a deeper dive going into the season, and we had guys come on to this pod and talk about how they, they liked Gaussman and they saw a big breakout coming from him, and we're like, no, what are you talking about? That's garbage. He's trash. <laughs> have an amazing season. So I think there needs to be a deeper dive on some of these guys that we seem to forget about. And these are players that can win you championships. 
Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. Damn right. We got to learn a lot about that. And we'll try to talk more about that in the show. We'll talk about how we finished and uh, all the things we've learned. This is just a free form end of season show. We love doing the show, guys. We really hope you enjoyed this season. Don't forget, give us a five-star rating. If you didn't do that, if you're hearing this and you didn't do it the whole year, the season is over now. Take a moment. Go to Apple Podcast. If you're a non-Apple user, it's much more difficult, and I just fuck it because I guess you can't do it. So, But if you have an Apple iPhone or an Apple iPod or a pad, iPod, pad, computer, MacBook, I don't give a shit, give us a five-star review and a rating. It would really help the show grow. We want to take it to another level in 2022, whenever the fuck that happens, whenever that show is going to go live because we have no idea when the show will return. And we're talking about the show, Major League Baseball, not this show, because we're here. But we'd really appreciate that, wouldn't we, Deary? Absolutely. And you don't even need to be an Apple user to go and give us that five-star review. You can do it no matter what. Have you figured it out? Yeah, I've done it on my phone, and I have an Android. How do you do it? it just I don't know. You just go to like the thing where you find people's pods, and you can give reviews. <laughs> I I've pride myself before, and think of myself as a, a man of faith. That's what this is. There's like. a drive in a deep like. left field by Castellanos. <laughs> it will be a home run. That's exactly so, what I just. Someone confirm this for me. I've I've given re- reviews. I've given five stars to plenty of our friends in the industry. Good. It's just more challenging from an Android point of view. I don't want to give up, but I just know some people struggle with it. If you have unlocked the key, let us know. Palazzo Podcast Two L's Two Z's. Utah. Give me two. At ProtonMail.com. And, of course, you can DM us with your fantasy questions, your keeper questions for the offseason. We're still going to do the Dynasty show that I do with our pal Phil Goyette. We've been doing that every Monday. The season ended, so we didn't do it this week. But we'll still do the show with Phil. It's a half-hour quick get-in-get-out. Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. Real simple. And as the offseason continues, you're going to have more questions about your prospects, keeper questions. And uh, I don't know how often we'll be doing the show here. You know, we all deserve a break. Baseball is in the playoff mode now, and it's a good time for us all to chill. But <laughs> I am I am involved in a draft right now, and it's not even a joke. A real draft. For money. Yes. Yeah, a that's, de- your, that's, <laughs> that's irresponsible is what I will call and it. And you want me to change? <laughs> Fuck you! Not Look, me! Man, I, I get it. People do it. I, I love the enthusiasm. I could never do it. I I think it would just it's be dumb. irresponsible for me to do. But it, it's like one of those things. It's like uh, when you do uh, when we would play the NCAA college football game or like, uh, you know, Madden back in the day. The best part about it was drafting, <laughs> was drafting. Ah. And then like in college football, the best part was recruiting. I didn't even care about playing the game. <laughs> right. No, I look, I, I'm with you all the way, man. I uh I don't know what the impetus was. I just decided to kind of take a chance and go for it. So I did it. And uh, here we are. So I'm sure it's fun. I I don't even know what it is. I think it's a draft champions. It's uh, we did it on fan track. So we're going to migrate over to NFBC when their 2022 season is officially set up. So it's uh, Mike, the mouth is part of this. Uh, Paul Spores in it. Uh, Zach Waxman set this up. I think Uh, Ryan Venasio, friend of the show. Several friends of the show, by the way, that I just mentioned uh, here. So, show, show. and I'll tell you what, it's it's kind of it's fun to do. You know, Cody Bellinger, I got in the fourth round. Okay, what do you think of that? Terrible, terrible season this year. Um, got I think off. I got him know in the, the third story. or fourth round. Um, 
You know, so here's the thing. Like, I, I call it irresponsible just because the season is so far away. So many things can happen in the offseason. You know, there could be trades. There could be injuries. Somebody could have a social media meltdown and get suspended. But <laughs> I also see the advantage of this because there's some recency bias going on to where a guy like Cody Bellinger has been terrible, right? He had an awful season. He got on base a couple times the other night. Maybe he ends up having this great playoff gets his mind straight in the offseason, and maybe he ends up being a fourth-round pick next year. Exactly. See, how about that? You never know how these things will play out. I you know, I mean, think about this way. Leading up into next season, there's going to be so much talk about projections, and I'm sure we'll do 40, 50 shows before the season starts next year, and you're just going to be flooded with information, and you're going to, like, I think the best time to draft might be now. It's just so much going to happen between now and the season starting. Well, here's how the first round went. Yes, uh, I'm really I'm gonna, interested in this. Yeah, I'm going to pull this up. I don't even know if uh, these guys want me to do it, but I don't give a fuck. So uh, they can fire me. They already hate me anyways because I had oh. a couple auto picks, of course. So, oh. yeah. you know, the auto pick, you know, it's part of my routine. Uh, I drafted in the 15 spot, which I chose That's just for spot, the fuck. It. It's just dumb. I like to I'm not going to do that all next draft season. I did it this year and you know, it worked out, you know, for the record. It was a decent season. I finished third place in the main event league in, so I won my $1,700 back, which is huge. It's the biggest, it's the most excited you'll ever be to finish in third place to just make your money back in any league ever. You're like, yes! Yeah, because it's not like it was a $15 buy-in like a lot of other ones that we play. Yeah, It's a massive achievement. I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's my first year in the main event, too, so it also showed me that I can hang, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, the tag team lead that I do with Air Cross, it didn't end as well as we wanted it to. We were in first for a very long time, but we also finished in third. Third oh, was like, no. I was in third in everything. It, it was I finished third in like 12 leagues. So, well, that's good. Is, I mean, yeah. How, how many bottom half of the leagues did you end up in in terms of standings? Uh, the Not, bad one, that, that was about five. And two of them were the Rotowire OCs, which are 12-team leagues on NFBC. Mm-hmm. And I really struggled in those. Uh, I, I think I'm getting too adjusted now to 15-team leagues or the 14-team leagues, bigger leagues. My home leagues are 14-team head-to-head. I also finished 10th in that one. That was a, a lost season. Acuna and Trout were out from all the year, really, so that was a yep. bummer. But, yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, it was a pretty good success. I, I pretty much broke even, so that's great. And I spent about, I mean, I spent like, I didn't know how much I spent at the time. Yeah, it was like $3,800. This is by far. I've really gone off and do like another level of fantasy playing now. I'm really putting money into it. So, but I know I can play with these people and it just, I need a better system. I need a better, my own like projection system, but not projection so much as a finding the keys, the, the edges that other players who are doing really, really well are finding. If they can find it, I can find it. So I've got to work on having my own little setup because frankly, most of these <laughs> drafts I did, I mean, I look at the knowledge, I see the information. It's a part of me. It's inside me, but I just did what I, the guys I thought would have good seasons based yeah. on what I know about baseball and what they were doing and where they were, tr- you know, where they're trending. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So in a weird way, it kind of exists, but it's not, it doesn't really exist on paper. Yeah. I, th- I think what I learned is I, I did make, projections on about 450 players before the season and and most of them were pretty close to accurate but I think where I need to improve for next year and I'm really going to do some work in the offseason is roster construction 
based on the type of league I'm playing in, the type of categories I'm playing in. Mm. Um, and I learned a lot just seeing how other teams constructed rosters with, you know, guys that are dependable, you know, taking care of saves, waiting on steals and possibly being able to scoop some up later and not going after the Mondeses early. I mean, obviously there's a lot of luck that get, gets involved in this in terms of, you know, injuries and, and guys just having let down seasons, but there's a lot of value that was at the end of this draft this year that, you know, I totally faded guys that ended up having pretty solid seasons. Remember how off I was on Hunter Ref- Renfro this year? The guy had 31 home runs. If you can find 31 home runs way late in the draft like that, it's pretty damn solid. Don't be that guy. Yeah, but the, yeah, the home runs are nice, but the rest of his numbers aren't so great. You know, it's, so what are you going to sacrifice? And roster construction comes down to what kind of balance you're getting. I want to have a lot of guys with balance and, mm-hmm. Yeah, a guy like a Robbie Grossman. I ended up with Robbie Grossman in a lot of leagues just because he he was able to score runs. He he had kind of guy I hate. Kind of guy I hate. Steals. Yeah, but I got him. I, I didn't even draft him in most of my, my leagues. He was a free agent in almost all of my leagues. He ended up being a top one fifty player. I know. It's still this is the kind of guy that I would never think about because he, he's just so <laughs> dumb and lame for some reason. I got to get over it. Why is it in my head like this? What is wrong with me? Why do I do this we, to myself? We create these biases. I don't know if it's because of a guy's name or a guy's look. Like, I hate the way Alex Verdugo looks, you know? <laughs> That's, like, why I don't draft the guy, because he's got this ugly red beard. I need to get away from that. Maybe if I didn't see what a guy looks like, that might help me. Yeah, we're pretty dumb when it comes to things like that. But if we can make slight changes. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. I feel very confident in that. I really do. Uh, So let me show you uh, this draft that I'm doing. Just to give you guys some insider look here. I've removed the team name so no one is revealed as far as I could tell. All people have been confidentially kept under wraps. And is this five by five? Uh, You even know. You're drafting. You don't even know. (laughs) Oh no, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it's okay. a it's it's a draft champions, kind of like the Palazzo Invitational, which we'll talk okay. about in a moment. It's a draft champion, so okay. fifty players, do or die, whatever you got's what you got. Standard five by five roto, nothing unique, just strictly business. So as I pull this up, okay, here we go. All right, so there it is. So this is the first round up here. Maybe I can widen this. That help? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I can't yeah. see any of You can't see any of this? Is this better? I can now. I just I needed to go full. I needed to go full screen. Oh, here there we go. you go. Okay, so Mookie Betts was the number one overall pick. Okay. Freddie, wait a minute. Is this right? This can't be right. Freddie Freeman, one second. Wait a minute. No. Shohei, is this is this real? Is this real? This is not. This is my. I did this league, and I have. I'm in the. This is all fucked up. This is stupid. Oh, I'm no. in the 15 spot, and my team is the second to the left here. The Freeman, Trout, Rosarina, Bellinger team. But, but I'm at the 15 spot. Oh, that's weird. So you drafted oh. Freeman at 15, Trout at 16. So your team is right. It's just the way it's set up on the screen here is all wrong. Yeah. What the fuck? What? Interesting. So this is out of order then. This is not in correct order. I don't know why you'd have a draft board that wasn't in the correct order. That's so <laughs> stupid. At least you got the right players here, but it's hard to figure out like where actually guys win if all the if it's all jumbled up wrong here. Well, here's who in the first round. You got Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna, Jose Ramirez, Fredo Tatis, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, uh, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff, Juan Soto, Vladdy Jr., Bo Bichette. Mm. Uh, Garrett Cole still and Corbin Burns. So pitcher wise, you've got one, two, three, four, five, 
five, technically six if you include Otani. Six pitchers in the first round. That's a lot, in my opinion. 15-team league, remember. We even look at the second round. I mean, Sale, Bieber, Wheeler, Robbie Ray. If you would have told me last year Robbie Ray would be a second-round pick coming into this year, I'd be like, you're on fucking crack. Uh, Starling Marte jumps to the second round in this one. Okay. God, he, was he going, ran like crazy when he went to Oakland. He ran. He had a good He was hurt for a while, but once he came back from the rib injury in June, he was good to go. And he was going in the fourth round. I remember because I got him at the turn a million times. He was going around pick 45, yeah. 46 mm-hmm. at the end of the fourth round of 15 team leagues. And now here he is in the second round. That's a big jump. I know he had a good season, but. It'll be interesting to see where he lands this offseason, too. Yeah, and Kyle Tucker is a second round pick in this league. Okay, that's Tucker, that's a you're, you're betting on potential there. Like he might do Ozzie. something more because he didn't do it this year. Yeah, nothing too insane here in the second round. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bieber. Cedric next Mullins. Year. Cedric Mullins oh, is here for Cedric good now. Mullins could be. He's a sec. So Cedric Mullins is telling Mark our second round picks going forward. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It seems, it seems kind of early for Mullins, but 30-30 this year. I mean, if he re- repeats it, Simeon, third round. Be interested to see where he ends up as well. Gaussman, third round. But this is the risk. Mullins, he had an amazing season, and I love Strick Mullins. But the fact that we don't know if he could repeat this, because he's only done it once. I would never invest. Yeah. And maybe this is the kind of thing that Phil Dussault, who's like the god, he's won like, he won like, it's insane. He had like two top five main event teams. Well, he won like half a million dollars this year. Yeah, this he guy won, won like so much fucking money. Yeah, he, you want to be that guy. That's the guy you want to be. And maybe it's the kind of pick that he wouldn't make. I don't know. We'll never know for sure. I did read the article that he was interviewed in a couple weeks ago, and I tried to glean as much from it as I could, mm-hmm. but we still don't know his process. So, yeah. Sandy Alcantara now moves up to a third-round pick, which I like that, but, yeah, it's going to be more expensive to, to roster him in 2022. Marcus Simeon's one? a third-round pick. Bobby Witt Jr. in the fourth round. That's – I don't like that at all. I think you're just – you're taking production. a You're taking a massive risk. You don't know when exactly he'll come up. Yeah, it's, I mean, this could be a Franco deal where you don't see him till late in the season. I mean, Franco ended up with what three hundred plate appearances. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a great run. He also he a fourth, a fourth round pick in this league. In fact, I think Wander Franco should go higher than a fourth rounder. I should have took him. I'm an idiot. I w- okay, so he he was fourth round as well. Yeah, yep. I just missed him. So JT. I remember that. Ooh, Lindor sticks around in the fourth round. Be really interested to see what. It's gonna be a lot of talk with him in the off season. Lindor staying in the fourth round is fine. I'm fine with that because we don't. I'm really confused on him right now. I don't know how I'm going to figure out what kind of player he is. Uh, Freddie Peralta jumps to the fourth round. That's crazy to me. Um, Tyler O'Neill oh. is a fifth rounder now. Oh, that was a freak out there. So Tyler, Tyler is a fifth, fifth round. Yeah. yeah. Well, the power's there. You, you can steal some bases. He's going to strike out a ton, though. How about, look over this one here. Giovanni Gallegos in the fourth round. This is wild. That's wild. It's, I mean, he had a great second half for the Cardinals, but, I mean, a lot of his numbers had to do with the fact the Cardinals just went on this nutty run. Yeah, but he doesn't belong with these. Josh Hader, Liam Hendricks, these no. guys, I would take them because these elite closers, I'm actually buying into it more. I'd like to have them on my roster, I think, and it's worth it. But I don't know that Giovanni Gallegos... His role will be clearly defined. He had a nice, like, he only finished the last two months of the season, really, when Reyes collapsed in August. 
So. Yeah, we've seen this before of guys that go on these runs for the second half, and then the next season they're not even the closer. Uh, let's see some other bizarre. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, I'm surprised, a six-rounder. I thought maybe he would go higher. There's a lot of potential there. I love the speed. He had a little bit – he had some injuries this year, but and he was really, really streaky, but I, I love the talent there. What about Brandon Lau as a six-rounder? I think I thought maybe he'd go higher as a second baseman, almost hit 40 home runs this year, 39 yeah. home runs. Yeah. How many, how many stolen bases do you have? Ooh, that's a good like, question. Not many at all, I don't think. It's not as much like, as I, you want. I want to say I, you had like... I didn't own him anywhere. Oh. I I got up in the main event league. He fell. He kept falling and falling, and I took him, and that ended up being a great pick. It didn't real look good slow, for a while. Real slow start. Yeah, it didn't look good for a while, but I never dropped him, and then he hit a massive second half. So, uh, Let's see, anything else here? Uh, Matt Chapman drops to a 13th rounder over here, what? along with Alex Reyes. Yohan Mankata's a 13th rounder now. Yohan Mankata was going wow. in like this. Akil Badu in the 10th round. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Brendan Rodgers, 11th round pick. People believe in him next year. This is fun to look at. Yeah. this you know What's interesting about doing this draft is there's no tone set, so we're we're basically setting the market right now. Yeah, exactly. Here you go, Riley Green in the 18th round. Yeah, Riley Green's going to be Arizona Fall League. I'm going to see him next week. Next week, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see him. Him and Spencer Torkelson are going to be there. uh, First pitch, Arizona. I'll be there uh, literally a week from right now. We'll be having uh, fun in Arizona. We'll be having Danielle. uh, I think it's Danielle's birthday. A couple other birthdays. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, this 18th round is fun. You have uh, Brendan Davis of the Cubs, Adley Rushman of Baltimore, Kyle Finnegan, Washington relief pitcher. Riley Green. A lot of young guys here. Wow. Charlie Blackman, 18th rounder, huh? Six though. I got Casey Mize in the 16th round. I thought that was great value for how he was pretty good this year. Yeah, and he we're I mean, he got to 150 innings, so there's no doubt in my mind that if he's healthy, he can get to 180, 190 next year. And he he was consistent. He didn't blow everybody away. I'd love to see more strikeouts, but I, I read a good article. Verlander did not strike out guys uh, in his first year and a half as well. It took him him a little bit to to get into that comfort zone. Oh, wow. Verlander was drafted, actually, in the 14th round. Well, he's going to be ready to go, so just a matter of where he'll be. The Detroit Tigers? <laughs> go Tigers! <laughs> That's what people are saying. Tigers are going to do anything. Um... You know, Spencer Torkelson, 16th round. Yeah, I got Josh Rojas, though, in the 18th round. And he's already proven himself to play mm-hmm. as a major leaguer. So what am I missing there? I don't know. A CJ Cron signed that two-year deal with the Rockies, by the way, which happened uh, a couple days ago, right after the season ended. Coors. And he's now a Rocky for the next two years. So someone took him in the round 15. Yeah, he's means, got a home now, so there's there's no uncertainty. Yeah, that's, you know, home runs guaranteed in Coors Field, no doubt about it. Uh, Eric Hosmer falls to a 25th rounder now. Trevor Bauer, 28th yeah. round. Oh, right, look at this. I took uh, I took Marcelo Zuna in the 25th round. Okay. It's interesting I to mean, see where these guys are going now. I mean, we're going to know a lot more by the time we get to spring training next year. But, uh, yeah, you guys are setting the market right now. Gary Sanchez is a 24th rounder now, by the way. So I took a flyer at 24th round. Why not? Of course you did. He's your guy. 24th round, though. I mean, he was going way up higher. He was in the top 160s last year. 
He still hit 23 home runs, and there's something wrong with the Yankees. It's not the pl- there's something weird going on there. They need there's something need to be fixed, and there's going to be something unleashed. I feel like offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said Riley Green in the sixth, 18th round. Jeff McNeil right next to him. Fucking Jeff McNeil, man. 18th round. Is he done? Everything's I mean, always fe- hurt. Everything just fell apart for the Mets this year, man. Yeah, McNeil got off to just a slow start, and then he got injured, and then he came back, and then he got injured again. I, I don't believe it's over, but, I mean, I, I think if he's in the 18th round, that, that's probably going to be a pretty decent value if he can get back to what he was doing two years ago. But he, it's also not like he's a young guy. I think he's 30 years old now. He's thir- Yeah, he's 31, I believe. Yeah, he's 30, 31. So 2019 is two years ago, going on three years ago, and he's trending completely in the wrong direction, <laughs> which gives you no optimism. Uh, I don't know. So, all right, there it is. Uh, yeah, we're in the round 32 right now. I just took Hunter Green of the okay. Reds, the number one overall pick from a few years back, and uh, C.J. Abrams. I went on. I'm taking some uh, bozo picks here with C.J. Abrams of the Padres. Oh, who also, yeah, C.J. Abrams will be at uh, Arizona Fall League, too. So that'll be fun. I hear that guy's got a lot of speed. Tons of speed, but the question is, yeah, will he translate power suspect? Uh, it could be a batting average speed guy, but he had a massive uh, knee injury that cost him the rest of the year. So we'll see how he looks in the Arizona Fall League. I'll have a full report on that. Uh, we'll do some live look-ins. I'll sure I'll pop on and I'll do some plots of stuff. I'll do whatever I want. You know, I don't care. It'll be fun. Last thing I want to mention here, I got Steven Strasburg in the 27th round. So it's just he comes a back or is it over? No way he's over. It's a massive contract. A well, yeah, massive gotta, contract, you, right? Yeah, but it, you also got to be way too much. You got to be healthy to play. <laughs> right. Well, that's why he they just mailed it in for this year. Like, well, this is over. There's nothing going on this year. We suck anyways. We want to suck. And, uh, you know, we'll wait it out and we'll see how things go in a couple of years. We couldn't do diddly poo. <laughs> right. I mean, that was the Washington Nationals. They didn't do diddly poo. They didn't do shit. So. Steven Strasburg, the projection for over under was 161 innings on the Shiner Ride the Pine. I have this up in front of me right now. <laughs> I, I pined it. Uh, our good buddy Rob DiPietro shined it. Oh wow, Rob knows everything. Isn't that funny? Like he's like a master player. He he killed me. Any DC I was in with him, he won those. He's the master of the draft champions format. He's got it down. Uh, I don't think he won the overall this year again. I don't know who won the overall, but uh, he's good. He's really really good. Listen to Rob DiPietro's advice if you want to know how to make money in fantasy baseball. And of course, listen to us the Plausible Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. We've been here all season long. We're going to continue to be here for you. We entertain. We give you information. You can rely on me. I'm not just some bozo who makes a bunch of dumb noises. I have a lot to offer, you know. I legit, I won some leagues. I finished in leagues. I know what I'm doing. So I want you guys to be able to depend on me. And, you know, Deary plays in a much smaller size. And that's fine. You know, he he plays in a few leagues because he wants to enjoy his life. And that makes sense to me. So... Well, but maybe maybe I'll up it up it next year and uh, create some anxiety for myself. Yeah, I think you should. It's a lot of fun, man. I mean, I don't really regret. Oh, you know, no. I, I ex- everything with the fab I did, it was always on Sunday nights, and it all kind of just happened at one time. I never really – I had a whole process down, so I never was overwhelmed. I, I think I had seven fab leagues, six okay. or seven. That's, so that's not, yeah, I – I'm just afraid of flooding myself with too many leagues. I would probably like to play in some bigger money leagues and play in less leagues, probably less than, than 10 leagues. I I was in six this year. Yeah. I think there's some, uh, there's something to that too. You know, it, 
Play in bigger money leagues, sm- a smaller amount of leagues, so you're still going to yeah. spend the same amount of money, but you won't have to spread yourself all over the place. You know, some people love to play like eight million best balls, and uh, I don't know if that's just do all your drafts, <laughs> then that's it. No, I, yeah. I I like the fab process too much. Yeah, best balls are pretty cool though, man. I feel like I could just you know draft my team and I don't have to think about it all year, but I will have a few fab leagues. I will. So, uh, speaking of you know. The Palazzo Podcast Invitational. Richard Sands was the overall winner, so three cheers for Richards. He got it done. Richards the man, the master. Couldn't do it without him. Total dominance by Richard Sands <laughs> in the Palazzo Podcast Invitational. Wasn't even close, really. He said it was he said it go a little closer at the end, but that's bullshit. He's just trying to sell it to you for dramatic effect. We all know that Richard Sands had it in the can. And we got the big ass trophy that's being worked on. Uh Deary, what's the latest on the big ass trophy? Yeah, so Stadium Trophy that is working on it, they had to send the image that I had given him for the is it Mark Holzman? Holtman? Mark Holton. Holt Mark Holton. Um they had to send it out to another company to fabricate that part, but it's gonna be big ass and it's gonna look good. But it's gonna it's gonna take a couple weeks here, but it, it's gonna be well worth it, Richard. Yes, this is so exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I can't wait for this thing to be reality. And we're going to give it to you, Richard. We're going to do a trophy presentation and everything. We'll present it to you. Um, or we're, I don't know. How are we going to mail this thing if it's a big-ass trophy? I don't know how that's going to work. Where, where does he live? I don't know where he lives. I, want, yeah. I think he lives on the West Coast, actually. Ah. Damn it. <laughs> I don't think he lives nearby. But we'll yeah, look into that bubble, further. We're going to have to bubble wrap it and wrap it up real nice and get, get some express packaging. But Yep. Well, that's true. Either way, Richard, you deserve it, man. Well done. We really liked it. We're going to do something next year. I don't know if we'll do the same format. Some people said they didn't love the format as much, and I would still love for NFBC to do it again, but maybe we'll choose something different, like a Fab League even. you know. Yeah, we got some time to think about it. Let's get creative. What do you want to uh, do? How many players did we have this year? 60? We had 60, over, you know, t- minus the two of us, 58 players. Okay. All original uh fresh and nfbc liked the fact that we were able to have you know 60 entries that's cool that's yeah that's pretty impressive that we were able to get that far i didn't think we'd make four four leagues out of it you know it was four different leagues of 15 because the draft champions format is 15 team league 50 players do or die and if you don't draft any closers you're fucked there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> that's what happened to me so none <laughs> lucas sims was the only guy i'm not even kidding I, joe i had joe jimenez oh man that didn't really work out. So things change so much, man. You're yeah. in like February or March, yeah. and then uh, Patrick Wisdom comes up and hits 27 home runs. Nobody, there wasn't. I think this is verified. Not a single draft champions roster had a guy named that, Patrick Wisdom that, 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 on it Wisdom because on nobody it. knew who that was. I know, that's crazy. And we're all covering this shit super in depth. That's the point, though. You just never know. Baseball, weird shit happens. You know, Garrett Cole is a $324 million pitcher. He's the guy starting for the Yankees in a wild card game. And, oh, yeah, they're going to win. Nope. Gives up a home run the first inning. Everything just falls apart. He's done after a couple innings. That's yeah. baseball. Pe- people thought Hunter Harvey had a chance to save 25 games for the Baltimore Orioles <laughs> back in February. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. That's, that's so crazy, man. That, Fucking Hunter Harvey. Yeah, that was a disaster. And the Orioles had a billion different guys coming and going. The Orioles were terrible. Think about these teams. You look at the standings as the season closed out with the Diamondbacks. So you got 200 win teams in one division in the NL West. The Diamondbacks are absolutely 
just destroyed by these teams, beat to shit by them. <laughs> they barely have 50 wins, and they had that record streak too. What was it? The the road losing streak, which was the all time record, right? They had a negative 214 run differential. Jesus Christ. I thought Tori Lavolo was a good manager. I'm an idiot. So 55, they hired him. 55 games out of first place. Yes. It's, it's bonkers, man. Damn! Totally bonkers. It's out of control. And I, I don't even know how that shit happens. But, you know, sometimes you just lose a season. And, that one is long gone. Yep. Sometimes it's long gone, Ernie. So You're right. It they, just gets away from you. Arizona and Baltimore both had 110 losses. Who's getting the number one pick? Do we know? Well, they got to do a coin toss? Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know what the tiebreakers are. Uh, well, Pittsburgh's terrible. Uh, Baltimore's terrible. Texas wasn't very good. Yeah. And the Marlins and the Nats. The Nats were even worse than the Marlins? Uh, I have to look at the standings here officially, but... Minnesota had a really disappointing season, too. I know you liked Minnesota to compete to get into the playoffs. They were a wreck. Well, everybody did. I mean, they were... What what they did and what happened to them is just stunning. It's absolutely stunning. They were fully intent on competing, and they couldn't even get it going from day one. It was just over. There yeah. was no miracle. There was no Cardinals-like run. I mean, everybody hates the Cardinals in Detroit, but what they did was really, really impressive. They went a stupid, stupid run, and they almost beat the Dodgers in that wild card game last night. Hell of a game. I can't believe it ended it. 1230 four hour four hour game for it was one to one going into the ninth. I'm like, well, I'm gonna stay about what time it these is. games. What? I got I gotta get up early, man. I got work to do. I don't know. That just seems like something you would never complain about before. I know, but now I'm old and I, I go to bed early. <laughs> you're old. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. old man. <gasps> old, old creaky man. I got I got my back issues. Oh man. Oh shit, really I made a coffee. Soon. It's still in the kitchen. Damn it. Damn! Damn! Oh, why don't you just have a bush, man? Crack open a Coors. Crack open a Coors. Anyways, uh, Richard Sands, you are the master man and the Plaza Podcast Invitational for 2022. Whenever that gets going live, we'll keep you posted. Make sure you guys follow us on all social media platforms. Please sub the YouTube channel. We'd love to get the subscribers up. We know that it's an entertaining live stream. We try to keep it like, look at my face right now. Look at this. Yes. Well, you love it. You got to have more of this. So subscribe to it. Or if you want us to be chill, we can be chill like this. And you you can subscribe to this. Whatever you want. We can be whatever you need us to be on the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's and two Z's. Utah, give me two. Uh, Okay. Uh, I did want to go over some other quick business, which we haven't covered just yet. Uh, Um. So we covered the Plaza Podcast Invitational. Uh, any other business we need to close out here, Deary? Because I feel like uh, we're missing something. Should we give out some MVP Cy Young Awards? To who? For, for fantasy people. Fantasy well, uh, players. But that's we not business, talk about that. Yeah, What's we're going to talk, about, we're gonna talk yeah. about that. That's not business, though. Okay. Like show business, you know? Business time. You've been on the show before, right? <laughs> Any shout-outs? Any new followers? Any oh, new sure, drops? Yeah. Any new songs? Uh, uh, well, I did the uh, I did my first football song. I did the Hollywood yeah. Brown one. What do you think of that one? Yeah, but no one cares. This is a baseball podcast. I know, but I still I, I got to get your feedback on every song. So I listened. To I it. thought it was apropos. So. It was good. I hate the Ravens. I, I fucking hate the Ravens. By the way, <laughs> why? Uh, I don't know. You and Jamie love the Ravens. I hate the Ravens. I hate Lamar Jackson. I think he's a terrible quarterback. 
Wow. We can talk about this offline some other time. I hate Lamar Jackson. You're like the only guy I've ever heard say that. I think he's garbage. <laughs> well, okay. Some people think he's garbage. That's not unusual, but you're just not a fan. He's electric. He's exciting. Yeah, and I don't like him. No, I think he's overrated. At that moment. He might be overrated. That's true. I think he's actually evenly rated. Most people are like, yeah, yeah this guy, you know, he doesn't quite get the job done, but sometimes he does. I think he's in a real middle ground. I really do. I think he's equally rated. I really do. But that's my opinion. What do I know? I'm just some guy on the Internet. Uh, new followers. Well, thank you, guys. We're up at 1100 on the Twitter handle for Plausible Podcast. Two L's. Wow. You talk. Z's. Give me two. Uh, new followers such as Ronald. Loyo, Ronald, Ronald thanked us, by the way. We got some shout outs from people who thanked us for their help this season. Ronald was one of them. So thank you, Ronald. That was so kind of you for doing so. And we're really glad that we could be of service to you in any means possible. So thank you for that. Uh, Oh, why is this playing now? Oh, God. I ruined the business time segment. God damn it. Why can't things just be the way I want them to be? Last show, last show of the regular, last show of the season here, everything's falling apart. Yeah, I guess it's just we're talking times. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so Ronald, we're really glad we could help you. Uh, thanks to Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball for following us. Uh, this Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball, the first ever fantasy baseball league on the blockchain. I bet you didn't know about that. That sounds interesting. If you want to be part of the future, Bitcoin and all that, then uh, check that out. And uh, well, Russell said thank you. Russell, we love you. Russell, you're awesome. You've always been a huge supporter of our show. I just want I want, I want a Russell t-shirt. It just says, do you know Russell? I do. <laughs> I want, you know, he made this graphic that he shared with us on our Palazzo podcast cool. feed. I want, a, I want that shirt. So, Russell, if you could make that shirt, that would be wonderful. Maybe I'll take the graphic and try to make a shirt out of it myself. Uh, Ryan Ireland. Ryan Ireland was uh, one of the winners of our individual Palazzo Leagues. He didn't win the overall. Richard Sands won that. Ryan Ireland's a really, really good player. Please go follow him at Guy underscore Rye, R-Y-22. He's got a great piece about it's pinned at the top of his feed. It's about how much he loves fantasy sports and how positive influence it has been in his life. And I thought it was refreshing to read that. So let's give him the credit where he deserves it. And Chad Sample, our guy in Alaska, dearie. He won his fantasy basketball, baseball, and football titles, all thanks to several people, including the Palazzo Podcast. So <laughs> thank you, Chaz. We love you, Chaz, and we're really grateful that we could provide any type of assistance to you. Woo-hoo! Yes, a, a three-sport sport dominant player. Yeah, it's very Trailer. impressive. Very impressive, man. I bet he does. I bet he does. So all these people gave us credit and assistance for their work. And I feel really proud of us. I'm proud of our efforts here. We tried to do the best we could. It didn't always go perfectly, but more often than not, we're keeping you guys on the right path here on the Plotso Podcast. Right, Deary? I agree. I think it was really, really solid season. Absolutely. Like, I want it to be January right now. (laughs) I really do. Yeah, I can feel that. Uh, You you can start a draft right now. I love the fall and I love football, but I want it to be January. I want that, that excitement for next year. Don't worry, it'll be here in a, in a blink of an eye. It'll be at a moment's fair. notice. So. All right, so, uh, yeah, you want to talk what? So you want to give out some awards here? Let's give out our awards. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, we can also talk about what we think is going to happen in this playoffs. We did it last year. Okay. 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 So, AL Saw Young winner. I think it's Robbie Ray. Why? <sighs> It's just not anything that we thought we were going to see. Like, so the, the 
the Blue Jays end up getting into the playoffs. Robbie Ray just ends up having this absolute stud career year. We'd seen in the past that he could strike guys out, high high velocity guy, strike people out with that high fastball that he throws. But his problem was always he he couldn't hit the zone with anything. But this year it just really came through. ERA under D3. He just had a really solid season. And I think in the American League, there really weren't that many other guys that 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 blew you away like Robbie Ray did. He, and, you know, the Blue Jays really needed him. The Blue Jays went out and got Jose Barrios. But I, I think most of the big-time talent in terms of starting pitching this year and guys that had really good seasons were in the National League. But what Robbie Ray was able to do in the second half was just – it was just incredible. And the thing is, is he came up into the league – at a very young age, I think he was 21, 22 years old. He's only 30 years old. He just turned 30 years old. I mean, 11.54 K per nine. So the K per nine was always there. Look at what he had done career-wise. So career-wise, he was a 3.95 walk per nine. And that's adding in this year. But you look into 2020, 7.84 walk per nine, 4.34, 5.09. When he first came up with Detroit and Arizona, the walks weren't as bad. But when he was last two seasons in Arizona, he was absolute trash. That's why they they didn't want him anymore. And 2.84 ERA, home run rate was career best. Babbitt was his career best. Left on base percentage, 90.1. I just love what Robbie Ray did. He also threw 193 innings. So he was in the upper echelon, I think top seven or eight in, in, uh, in innings pitched. I don't care about the wins and losses. He was 13 and seven, did start 32 games, but I think it's Robbie Ray for me. Yeah, Robbie Ray is getting a lot of run for it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Carlos Rodon had a hell of a year. Uh, he kind of faded a bit, though, with injuries. Only had 132 innings pitch, which is way more than I thought he would have anyway, so that's still a bonus. And Garrett Cole gets taken for granted. Lance McCullers had a nice season. He pitched 162 innings. McCullers looked electric today. Yeah, so Garrett those Cole are your front runners. The other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is, yeah. Well, I bet Ray ends up winning it by a nose. I, I do, but we'll see. We'll see if Garrett Cole and the New York media can help make that happen. Uh, on the NL side, this is people are pushing that it's Max Scherzer's to lose now. But you know, Walker Bueller was really good all year. And he pitched more innings. He pitched 207 and two-thirds innings, dude. Isn't that so, amazing? Yeah, I mean, look at that three-headed monster of Bueller, Scherzer, and Urias. I mean, Jose Urias, or Julio Urias, won 20 games. He went 20-3 and three with a 2.96 ERA. He's probably going to end up finishing third behind those other two guys. I don't know. How do you decipher between the three? Maybe they all break each other up and, uh, I don't know, Adam Wainwright wins it. <laughs> <laughs> And we might pitch 206 innings, guys. I mean, there's just some unbelievable statistics out of some of these teams. I mean, I think why a lot of people are giving the edge to Scherzer is because he was, what, 7-0 or 8-0 once he came over to the Dodgers? Stumbled a little bit down the stretch with giving up some runs in those last two starts, but he was was electric. And this was the Max Scherzer that we've seen for years. Obviously, last year was a down year. He's had some injury hiccups over the last few years. But, you know, he gutted through that victory last night. Um, you know, he was pulled a little earlier, but I mean, he, he could have given up a lot more runs for myself. I'm giving it to Walker Bueller. Uh, I think what he was able to do 2.47 ERA 16 and four overall. And he was just the steady guy for the Dodgers all along. I mean, I think it would be different if, 
the Dodgers were threatening being a threat to not actually make the playoffs. And then Scherzer comes in, he goes undefeated. They end up winning the division or they end up sneaking into the playoffs. Then I think you give it to Scherzer, but I think Bueller with that 207 innings pitch and just 16 and four, he did walk more guys than max, but, uh, and his whip was a, a little higher, but I think it's Walker Bueller for me. Well, the answer is Zach Wheeler. That's who's going to win this thing. What a career year it was for Wheeler. Jeez. He's going to win it. He had 213 innings pitched, and he was an absolute steady horse for the Phillies all season long. If the Dodgers break each other up with their votes, it's Zach Wheeler who's going to take this thing, yeah. man. It really yeah. is. Their, their numbers are just all so close between Wheeler, Burns, Bueller, Urias. I mean, all these guys are just really, really close. So it's, it's Wheeler tough. threw two shutouts. Two shutouts in a season I was like unheard of. <laughs> Who did that? Wheeler? Yeah. It's just, it's so funny that two shutouts, like, whoa. Uh, but 247 Ks. So he's striking people out. 278 ERA, 14 and 10 win loss, if that's something that bothers you. But overall, Wheeler was also very consistent and he took his. He needs to get credit for taking his career to another level. He never did that, and now he is. So, hey, what's up, Mason? Thanks, buddy. Yeah, shave the head. Whoop. Yeah. And uh, we're talking Zach Wheeler, Cy Young Award winner in the National League. We'll find out. Uh, as far as MVPs, we're not going to even debate it here. Otani's AL MVP, right? For you. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, it's Otani. Obviously, Vlad Guerrero just put up a ridiculously amazing season, but. Unfortunately, he doesn't pitch as well, and Otani's stats were good enough on the pitcher's side to to combine that with him being a hitter and what he did, you know, yes. hitting wise. You, you have to give it to him. Um, obviously, if Ohan, obviously, if Otani's not pitching, then it's Vlad's. But it, it's just amazing that a guy can come out and do that from from both parts of of you know pitching and then also hitting. It's absolutely amazing what he was able to yeah. do. He fell off a little bit down the stretch. Um, but you know, he still hit over 45 home runs, uh, the batting average, you know, you're not going to see him batting 320, 330. The batting average was just fine. Uh, he was the only bright spot over there in LA this year. I mean, with trout being injured, Rendon being injured, I mean, just everybody was dying on that team. And he, he put a spark into this, uh, LA team that kept people interested. And he was the talk of all of major league baseball in that first half. I mean, it was kind of, Everybody was toasting to him at the at the All Star break and at the All Star game. So, but I, I I do want to give a ton of credit to Vlad Guerrero and what he was able to do, and also what everybody on the Blue Jays were able to do in terms of you had Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez put up an amazing season. Um, you know George Springer was out almost this whole season. You know Marcus Simeon had one of the best infield seasons we've ever seen. Really interested to see what happens in him in the off season. So we got to see a lot of amazing performances in the American league this year. Damn Skippy. And then uh, I'll tell you in the national league, it's confusing. People want to give it to Bryce Harper because he made this push and that's cool, I guess, but I still just don't see it. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Per outing. I know being on the field for a majority of the season is an important attribute to have, but I think it's Tatis is to lose here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you just go by the fact that it's – if you extrapolate his stats to like a per-game thing, I mean, he had 478 uh, at-bats and still was one run shy of 100 runs. He had 42 home runs. If he had 600 at-bats, he would have had 50 home runs. 
And he still put up 97 RBIs. The 25 stolen bases are incredible. Batted yep. 282. He struck out a ton. Um, I think maybe the only threat to him, uh, you know, Harper certainly had an amazing season. Uh, I yeah, really Mason love says it. he let an OPS here, so that was a I, big I deal. I really love what Trey Turner did, just that five-cat guy. So if you're looking at, you know, you know, a fantasy MVP between Tatis and, and Turner. You, you, you'd give it to Turner just because he, he was able to get 600 at-bats and, um, you know, had over 100 runs, 28 home runs, 32 stolen bases, struck out a lot less than, than Tatis, had 77 RBIs, won the batting title in the National League. But I don't think there's any way you can't give it to Fernando Tatis. And, you know, if this guy can stay healthy, which I really hope he can, I mean, he's, a, he's probably the consensus number one overall pick going into fantasy next year. Wow. We'll find out. So there's a little preview of what we think might happen with the awards. Uh, let's talk about, you know, the fantasy season overall and the players that stood out to us, things that didn't go our way, things we are surprised by, things that we absolutely have to take full responsibility for. Um, Nick Solak was never a thing. I wanted it to be a thing all year long. It never happened. I take complete responsibility for Nick Solak never living up to the hype. Even when he came back up and he got a second chance here late in the season, I thought he would help be a league winner, and there was just nothing to support that because he's just—he just didn't get the job done, dear. He strikes out he too did, much. Yeah, he just—he just didn't find it yet. Uh, you know, he is on—he's twenty-six. He'll be twenty-seven going into this next season. Here, twenty-seven is always a fun year. People like age twenty-seven seasons. If you want to buy into something arbitrary like that, uh, seven steals, eleven home runs. You know, that is nothing close to. What I would have drafted him for, 314 OBP's trash. There's just nothing in there. The Babbitt was 292, so it wasn't like super, super horrendous. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just even, and even the K rates, I mean, it's only 20.9%. So I got nothing here. It's just like a guy who ended up having, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe. This guy had 511 plate appearances this season did he really if you would have told I, me if you would have asked me right now before this without even me looking at it, i would have said 410 i know that's what i mean i'm reading out here on fan graph so yeah so that's, that's he got an opportunity and he did nothing with it so but he went down to the triple a's for 22 ga uh, games and he had a 426 babbup <laughs> and so he's hitting the ball. So he's clearly in that in-between zone now. So Nick Solak didn't work out. Uh, who's a player that you're thinking about right now that either worked out for you or blew your mind and anything? Who cares? I'll tell you, it didn't blow my mind this season was Gliber Torres. Jesus oh, Christ. Man. This guy, when he came up, he was 21 years old in 2018 at 24 home runs. Following year, 38 home runs, 96 runs, 90 RBIs, swiped five bags, batted 278. He only played in 127 games this year. He had nine home runs, nine home runs. He did put together 14 stolen bases, which is not, which is nice, but it just doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I, I need to go kind of go down to his launch angle here and see, see what happened with that. But his bat was 314. It was the second highest of his career. He batted 259, not terrible. And with those 14 oh. stolen bases, but he just obviously did not hit the ball very hard. I'm trying to get down to some of his, uh, you know, stat cast stuff right here. So max exit velocity, 111 launch angle. Yeah, launch angle was definitely down from what it was in his first two years. Barrel percentage was up from what it was last year. Hard hit rate, worst of his career. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the guy's 24 years old, but 
I mean, he's someone who I, I was looking at as a really nice value in the seventh or eighth round. It just did not work out this year. And I had him rostered in a lot of leagues, and, and he certainly hurt me. Well, you can put him in the same category as Yuan Mankata. They were both drafted around the same time, 75, 85 overall, and neither of them did jack squat. It was just trash. Waste of time and real bummer because they're both in a similar age. You know, Mankata's be 26, I believe, now, and he's just ahead of Gliber by a year or two, but they're both in this realm where we're expecting them to take it to another level. And Gliber Torres hit 38 home runs two years ago, so... He hit 24 in 2018. So the power's there. Something is weird. The 2020 season, I throw it out. It's the Bozo season. We all know that. But I I actually got Gliber Torres in a deadline deal in my Keeper League. So I'm expecting him to bounce back next season. And I even drafted him in that league that we just covered earlier in the show. I did. so Because he was so low. And it's just worth it at a certain point. This guy has too much talent. And even if I can't even give you a clear reasoning right now, like, oh, he's going to figure something out. <laughs> no, there's just too much talent there. And if his career falls apart, then it falls apart. But I just don't, you just don't see a guy who hits 24, 38 home runs at age 21, 22, 23, and then they die. It just, I, I would, I would have to go back and research that. It would seem unusual, but, um, yo, Makata, I don't know what to make of him now. I don't know if his heart's in the game. I really don't. I, I know this is totally out. I can't prove this either, but if his heart's not in the game, like he just doesn't love baseball, but he's built for it because he's so athletic and he's got a gifted swing, but it just seems like he's more into other stuff. You know, he does his music videos and great music videos. Enjoys yeah, he enjoys his life, you know, living La Vida Loca, having a good time, taking it easy, doing what he does in his free time in the offseason. Does he love the game? And COVID, he got COVID last year. Did that fuck him up forever? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. He, he was a guy that you specifically were talking about. You know, this is the breakout. This is where he becomes that that superstar. You know, we thought he was going to have similar to like a Rafael Devers year, and it just didn't work out for him. Fourteen home That's a runs. Good comp. Yeah, it's blah. It's, totally it's just, blah. it's just blah. It's just okay. Sweet. <laughs> you you contributed a little bit. You weren't bad enough to be left off the roster or sent down. Like it's just you're just there. Could have had Jorge, you guys, you Torres and Moncada owner. You could have had Jorge Polanco later. It would have been wonderful. You could have had Marcus Simeon later. It would have been even more wonderful. Jorge Polanco had an amazing second half. Well, he's proven to be a legit player. This is not his first go around. And he was good in 2019. 2020 is the bozo season. Who cares? But this is a guy who can hit. He's got a great hit tool. And I have no doubt about it. I love Polanco. I'm always going to love Polanco. And I think we should all be enjoying ourselves together on a bandwagon for the next four years, at least three years of Jorge Polanco hitting as a second baseman. Now is it's just going to be great. You're going to love it. How about what Salvador Perez did this year? This is one of the greatest catching seasons of all time. I don't don't know. No comment. I don't know what to say. I really (laughs) don't know what to say. Did anyone see 48 home runs, 121 RBIs? (laughs) There's just no way. I, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Is he I, the I first still, catcher off the board next year now because of this season? Well, of course he will be, but I'm not yeah. going to pay it again. I didn't pay. I said that going into the season. I'm not going to pay this price on him. Yeah. And then he has this just tear. He's, they just keep throwing him fastballs. I, I got to look. I don't even know what they did. I, he hit. He's never hit more than 30 home runs in a season ever. And now he hit 48. So how does that make sense? 
He doesn't walk. He swings at everything. <laughs> we know that. Yeah. Plus, he's 31 years old. He's a catcher. I don't. There's nothing to really explain this. He should be an MVP candidate with 48 bombs and 121 ribbies as a catcher. Any other year, seriously, it would be an MVP hitting 270. But hard hit, hard hit rate uh, skyrocketed this year. Went up almost 10. percent So why would that happen? No. Well, it's not like the launch angle was different. The launch angle was right on no. par. It was actually below his career average. I don't, yeah, I don't care about that. It's like, so if he's hitting the ball 10% harder over a full season, is he doing drills to improve his, his bat speed? You know, uh, is he locking in on certain pitches? Did he dedicate himself? He had to dedicate himself to something. And I'm going to find out what it is. Because if he actually unlocks something, then a season similar, uh, at least a 30 home run season from a catcher who can hit 270. That's wonderful. If he could do that next year, even if he loses 18 bombs and still hits 30, that's great. Here, here's what he figured out. So his pitch value above average um, against the slider was a 7.8. He's a career negative 10.6 against the slider. He murdered sliders this year. Did he just lay off of him or he just murdered him? Well, he laid off him. And then when he did hit him, he crushed him. <laughs> wow. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Still, it's a really amazing season, but he still only had a WRC plus of 127, which shows you because he doesn't walk. Yeah, well, yeah uh, I think 30 that, walks, if that. That's part of his run production. Yeah, he only scored, uh, oh, he did score 88 runs. So WRC plus is usually indicative of like a really positive run production season from all areas. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. Hmm. But it was by far his career high. I mean, he... He had never come close to that, really. It was 102 in 2017. So, anyways, uh, 100 being average, don't forget. Yeah, that's, I, I do know, that's fucking amazing. It's, it's bonkers, <laughs> man. It's totally gnarly, and uh, I'm still baffled by it. Uh, I'm really glad that Sandy Alcantara took his career to another level. We mentioned him earlier, and I knew he, he had it in him. He's innings horse. He always was, he always will be. And now he's striking out. He had some big K games. He had that 14K game later in the year. He is taking himself to another level, and it's right on schedule with his career. He was a very talented prospect, so that's going to be good times. Uh, Brady Singer was a disappointment. I thought he would take a step up this year, but he battled injuries a lot, and it didn't really go as planned. Yeah, he's got, um, he's got to find a third and fourth pitch. Yeah, I think it's being obvious now. Uh, I will say this. Uh, Dylan Bundy, you know, I love talking about Dylan Bundy. He was awful, but he still only had a he only still had a whip of one point three six. And for a guy who's got an ERA over six and who was just horrible the whole time he pitched this year, that's not a bad whip. It does give me some hope that he wasn't as terrible. It might have got a little bit unlucky at times. He was also injured at the end of the season. They shut him down. Uh, it gives me a little hope that maybe there's something there that I'll be I'll be happy to pay it if it's a super cheap price now because no one's going to care. It might be worth the value next year. Okay, so. But then again, it's the Bundy excitement. I, I know that's that's out of control. Uh, who's a we we have this constant debate really on the show because you know we're local Detroiters. Go Tigers! Is it going to be next year? Would you rather have Scoobal or Mize in twenty twenty two after what you've seen this year? It's Scoobal. It's still it's still, it's still Scoobal for me. Just that the propensity to strike guys out is amazing. I mean, both guys had really really good seasons. Uh, yeah. Better than what I had expected. Uh, Scooble started off very, very slow this year and really seemed to get in his groove. Uh, he figured out a better way to hit the strike zone. He's got electric, you know, off-speed stuff. 
So I think it's Scooble, but I think in drafts next year, you're going to see these guys drafted pretty similarly. They're going to be close to being in the same round, if not, you know, one, uh, one round above the other. Um, Casey Mize, I think he just needs to get to a point where he strikes out guys more. And I still think he can be a fantasy and a major league contributor, even if he isn't a guy who's going to strike out, you know, 10 guys per nine. If he sits at seven or eight, I think he can still be effective, uh, you know, with that sinker that he has and and some of that off-speed stuff. And we did see him dialing it up to the high 90s later in the season. So that's really encouraging to see. Yeah, I really like Casey Mize for like a consistent floor, but I think, uh, the you know, the ceiling and the super elite potential with Scooble is a little bit higher. But, you know, 150 innings for Mize and a nice little season for him. You know, 3-7-1 ERA and under 4 ERA in his really first full season of work. Mm-hmm. That that shows you, that's I mean, that's why he was a number one overall pick. So he does have the potential. I don't really expect him to have an ERA under 4 or over four again. I really don't, unless he just has like a injury riddled nightmare season. He will be someone that you can rely on for a solid ERA and whip. Won't give you the strikeout potential Scooble does, but if you're in a wins league, you play Roto, a guy like Mize is a really nice value, I think. And someone who should be for the most part, injury free too. I don't see why that would happen, but you know, anything's possible with pitchers. I mean, if Scooble could have stayed away from the home run this year, he would have ended up having an elite season. He gave up 35 home runs in 149 innings. Ah! (laughs) That's not good, is it? There were games where he'd give up a two-run home run and a three-run home run, but that's all he would give up. It would just be those home runs. (laughs) Casey Mize gave up 24. That's 11 less, but that's still... It's still a lot. It's it's a fair amount. Uh, You know, walks-wise, Casey Mize walked 41 guys. That's that's nice. I like that. That means I expect that number to go down even further. So that's for a young pitcher. That's a nice number. It really is. So I don't. I wouldn't mind having. Either. I like both these pitchers. I do. And there's nothing wrong with having both of them. Uh, the one thing I will say about the triumvir in here, you know, go Tigers. Matt Manning. Uh, I would not. I'm not going to draft him next year. I'm not expecting anything. I mean, his numbers were super inflated, and he's got a lot of work to do. He got some <laughs> wins, but who gives a fuck? Like six. It's just. It wasn't there yet, and he's got a he's way behind these two right now. Yeah, he's he's what he's twenty three. How old is Scooble? Scooble twenty five. Is he also twenty four? He'll be twenty five in November next month. Okay, yeah, Manning just you know his first few years in the minors, he was able to strike guys out, and you just did not see this at this level at all. Five point eight ERA in eighty five innings. He had just real blow up games the first time he. He, he came around. He did have some games where the velocity kicked back up a little bit, but uh, he got hit hard a lot. So he, he's got a lot of work to do. I don't think he makes the club out of spring training next year. Oh, Robbie's here. I didn't even see Robbie's here, dear. Sorry. Hey, Robbie, what's up, buddy? Sorry, I was looking at the comments for a minute there. Happy MLB playoff season. We love yeah, what's you, Robbie. Going on for... in these games? Let me check some scores here. Uh, they're still up, uh, I believe. The well, I know the are. Astros destroyed the White Sox. So. Yeah, that's over. The White Sox, they're not going to do anything. That's yeah, a bad yeah. matchup for them. The Astros are a veteran-laden squad. It's too Agreed. bad. Agreed. Uh, I wish it would have been like Red Sox, White Sox. That would have been interesting. Hmm. Uh, Robbie also says, what about your Tiger Drew Hutchinson? as a Rich Hill type for the future? His September sample was small, but he managed himself well. So dumb. You're just trying to throw <laughs> some Blue Jays bullshit in here, Robbie. Come on. Old Drew Hutchinson. The pride of the Blue Jays farm system once upon a time by the way the dingers podcast is awesome if you never listen to dingers my our guys robbie and ty are two great dudes we love them and uh we're gonna be looking forward to i didn't even ask you if they're going to first pitch or not are you guys going to first pitch robbie 
Um, are we hanging? Because if so, we haven't talked about that at all. Let me know. First Pitch Arizona is next week. I'll be there live. We're going to be seeing all the biggest luminaries of the fantasy baseball landscape. They're going to be talking nonstop nerd fest about baseball. <laughs> By the time Sunday rolls around, ever. oh, it's going to be, you know, we're getting there Wednesday night. Me and Leanne are flying out, and we'll be there Wednesday night. And the official conference starts on Thursday. And oh, Arizona fall ball goes till next month. So we're just going to be there for the beginning of it, but it goes for a whole month. And by the time Sunday rolls around, we're going to be just going to be so sick of talking about it's I'm like, I'm like, baseball, I need baseball, 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 baseball. Yeah. You're going to get to watch some playoff baseball. You're going to see some Arizona fall league. Deary, this is where you're going to get jealous. This oh, is where you're going to get jealous. The rumors are that they do like Tecmo Super Bowl tourneys and like sweet video game tourneys there. So yeah. if I'm, if I'm going to be a part of that stuff, then I, it's going to be a lot more fun than I realized. So Awesome. Oh, that's right. Canadian Thanksgiving is uh, Monday. So all the best. Sorry. No, I know it's very important, even though my girlfriend's Canadian and their family doesn't do anything for that day. So Ooh. No offense to you, though, Robbie. We love you. Uh, Joey Votto, you said Salvador Perez's season was shocking, which it was. But Joey Votto's was wildly, wildly shocking. And I even brought up the premise a couple weeks ago about making him a keeper. And I have him in my home league. And I'm seriously thinking of keeping this guy. It's an OBP league. One thing Votto still can do is OBP. And if he can hit 35 home runs, I'm in. He's changed his game. He's completely changed his format. He's selling out for power now. He doesn't care about striking out more. His strikeout rate went up uh, to a career, one of the career high, I think it was. I'll double check this. But I remember reading that because there was a great article in SI, which you guys can all read. Very in-depth about him. But his K percentage, yeah, went up to 23.8% this year. And it's a career 18. And that's a long career, guys. So that's a steady 18. So he's completely sold out for the power. 36 home runs. And still a 14% walk rate. There's no reason for him to retire. I mean, he's 38. He can play till he's 40. The The Reds are a team that are still going to be able to stay competitive. And from a fantasy fantasy wise, if the power is there, you know, he's not going to bat worse than 250 and he'll still be able to get on base. That walk percentage should still be above 12, 13%. I don't care if he strikes out 140, 150 times uh, you know, a year, if yeah. he can hit 30 home runs, have the opportunity to get 100 RBIs, I still like that lineup over there. So I don't think it's a bad idea, depending on what your format is for a league, of keeping Joey Votto for another year. You got to know, hey, Robbie, this one's for you, buddy. When it comes to making selections for your keepers. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. There you go. I know you like that one. All right. So, uh, man, there's so many other players. Uh, we're not going to sit here forever and talk about every single player. <laughs> You're going to be um, doing this at first pitch next week. Dude, yeah, exactly. Dude, let's talk about this guy. Let's let's talk about Ranger Suarez. Yeah, you know, this may be uncool, but, you know, i got to keep it real. What's going to suck, though, is there going to be some people there who are going to, like, try to one-up everybody with their opinions or, like, their facts I, I, I've never been to one of these conferences, but I am weary. I'm weary of these types of things because people want to show off, and I'm not into that shit at all. I just want to have like our conversation. We're just talking. Are people going to have their little black book that'll they'll, they'll be pulling out these amazing statistics? Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that's not fun. I like to have debates and go back and forth. But I don't like the one upping when it comes to talking about any anything. <laughs> yes. I want no no showing off to be like, hey, I'm the smartest guy in the room. I, I just hope I don't run into that. I mean, most people I know are cool, but yeah. I've never been to one of these. So it's 
Either way, we'll have a full report on it when I get back, and we'll talk about it on the show as well. Uh, a couple of the guys I wanted to mention, though. Uh, you know, Dalton Varsho. I, mean, I got to mention Dalton Varsho. <laughs> uh, how how Dal- into Dalton? Okay, Dalton Varsho will be the most talked about guy out of your mouth in the offseason. <laughs> well, no, give me the outsider's perspective here. Uh, how are you viewing Dalton Varsho heading into 2022? Because given the opportunity... He shows some really solid stats at catcher that you'd like to have, and he's growing. I, I like Dalton Varsho. I really do. Uh, you know, ended up with 11 home runs and 315 plate appearances, six stolen bases. So you can see the opportunity for 2020 could be there where he could have 20 stolen bases, 20 home runs. And, you know, he finally got the opportunity. Obviously, the Diamondbacks are absolute trash, so there's no reason he shouldn't be able to no know, reason. Make, make the squad next year. And this is a guy. How, how many? I gotta look. How many games did he have at catcher? Oh, uh, well, like he's gonna have so much because he played center field a lot. Is he too. gonna have dual eligibility next year? How many games did he get at catcher? I think he's enough to qualify, but I'll have to verify that. What do you have to play? Is it depends is, on when you're in. Some are five, some are twenty. Depends where you're at. Yahoo's weird. NFBC's yeah. more, you know, uptight about stuff. So I uh, see one, two, it looks, three. Looks like a decent amount here. I, I think he's yeah, gonna it's going to be enough to qualify. It's I, definitely I, enough to qualify. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, only only twenty five years old. So exactly. So the, you you is he a top twelve catcher at a draft? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, good. Yeah, I need that I outside so. perspective. Thank you. Yes, I think so. It's it's the fact. I mean, you don't get stolen bases from anybody out of the catcher spot. I mean, how many Real Muto have this year? It was probably less than ten. And this is a guy that could steal fifteen. Yep, that's huge. That's why people loved using Isaiah Kiner-Falefa when he was catcher eligible. Mm-hmm. It was a huge cheat. People love those cheats in fantasy, like Cordero Patterson in football. Huge cheat. <laughs> yeah, cheat code. <laughs> Amazing, unreal, unfucking real. I love it though. I love. He's so electric still. What about this guy? I like this guy next year. It didn't go as planned in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Actually, it did twenty twenty. I just misspoke. In 2021, it did not go his way. Andre Jimenez of the Cleveland, which will next next year they'll be the Guardians. Is it next year? Yeah, we're gonna have to start calling them the Guardians next year. Yeah, the next the Cleveland Guardians. Andre Jimenez, he got called back up at the end of the season, got some spot play, hit a few homers, stole a few bags, which is what he can do. I expect them to give him a full opportunity next season because I don't mm-hmm. really know where Cleveland thinks they're going now. They still got this veteran manager who was there for a World Series, which was this close. He's still the manager. It's a very strange team in terms of direction. But the pitching is always relevant, and they're always going to be decent enough that if this guy's the starting second baseman or the shortstop, Mm -hmm. this is a guy that you could easily steal 25 bases, easily. Yeah, he had 11 steals, played 68 games, 210 plate appearances. We didn't see the run out of him that we thought we would get. Obviously, came up with the squad and then went back down. I thought we'd see 125, 130 games out of him this year. And they would just roll him out there every every day, no matter what. But they obviously didn't see enough from him. Uh, I'd have to look into his numbers to see what he did down in. Oh, wait. Okay, they're right in front of me here. Triple A, 10, 10 home runs at Triple A, eight stolen bases, 233 plate appearances. He's batted 287 at Triple A this year, so that's encouraging. Yeah. He was only 218 up with the big club. He's better than that, though. It was a weird season for him. It's strange adjustment, too. New team, and he was 
jacked with, and there was uncertainty about where he would play, and Ahmed Rosario still around, so it's complicated, but yeah. stay tuned. I, I like Jimenez next year, I do. I think if he'll get more playing time, he's definitely someone that we should all be drafting, and drafting in the top 300 at least, top 200 maybe. Uh, what about this guy? Is he done? Is it over? Luke Voigt. I mean, are we? is he a DFA guy that doesn't sign anywhere? Or maybe he gets on as like a part-time bat? I mean, he went from having this stupid-ass season in the Bozo year of 2020, so now it's like, who gives a shit about this guy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a bad knee injury. And anytime you have injuries in your knees as a power hitter, it's going to affect your power. And he only played in 68 games this year. All he did was strike out when he did play. Batting average wasn't there. Wasn't hitting the ball as hard as he had in you know the previous two years where he put up 22 home runs in that short season and then 21 back in 2019. So I don't know. I mean, he's he's what 30 years old now. He, I feel like he got a late. At least start. he might be yeah. 31 yeah, or he's two. 30 now. years old. He got he kind of got a late start with St. Louis back in 2017. So uh, yep. yeah, I don't know how much value you're going to be able to get out of him fantasy wise. Um, I don't know if he comes back with the Yankees. I don't know what that contract looks like. Uh, you know, hopefully for his sake, he can get his legs healthy. And I mean, the guy has some power. So if he can he can get healthy and, you know, find a squad somewhere, he still has the potential to put up 25, 30 home runs. But yeah, it's real loss season for him. Well, his arbitration eligible. I think I think they can non-tender him, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's the situation there. And Rizzo, I think he'll resign there or they want to resign him. You think? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Probably. Yeah. I think they... He was one of the positives for them. I think they'd want to have him around as a leader, yeah. too. He's got the veteran experience. It's something they need. I don't think uh, they don't have anyone else, really. Ah, well, I mean, unless DJ just Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. What do you make know. of Jesus Lazardo, the super prospect, who's now a Marlin? We didn't even know this would ever happen. No one expected that Jesus Lazardo in eight months from the beginning of this year would be on a different team and now he is he's very much a marlin he got traded in the starling Marte deal and now the marlins have him locked up here for the next couple of years and he he showed brilliance in a few moments but overall it was still pretty shitty even towards the end a lot of walks a lot of just you know baffling efforts but he did have a couple starts where like oh boy here it is so what do we do with this guy in 2022 well, I think him going over to Miami is actually the best thing that could have happened for him because he's going to be under the tutelage of Mel Sotomayor. Mm, and okay. we see what the Marlins pitching coaches have been able to do with some of those other guys, Pablo Lopez, Alcantara, Trevor Rogers had a nice season over there in Miami. So I like him in Miami better than, than Oakland. I thought this was going to be a nice breakout season for him. I actually traded for him in a keeper league, and it just didn't work out. And I ended up dropping him, actually. And, of course, someone else scooped him up when I tried to, to go back at him. But, I, I mean, the talent is there. The guy has not thrown many innings because of his injury issues that he had when he was in the minors at, in, in Oakland. I mean, between Oakland and Miami, he ended up throwing 95 innings. Throw away this ERA of 6.61, XFIP 4.84, FIP 5.48. So it's a little little lower than what that ERA does suspect. Uh, He had a problem hitting the zone. That was just the problem that I saw early on, even when he was with Oakland. There was just control problems. He's got electric stuff. He's got a really nice slider. Uh, Maybe next year, you know, is going to be there. He's only 24 years old. I think next year you're going to see, you know, 130 to 150 innings out of him. Like I said, I like him in Miami. 
I don't know what kind of fantasy value he's going to give you. He's probably going to be outside that top 25, but maybe he's a late round flyer that could really help you out in redraft leagues. Dynasty, I like him for sure. Yep, I agree with that completely. I think they're going to get him right, and he's he was the the pitching prospect, the uber prospect in baseball for pitchers. So his talent is there. It's just a matter of getting it all squared away and organized. I want to mention for the record uh, that Ty France, he did not win a batting title this year, but he was really good, man. So my Ty France love was spot on, even though it didn't, it didn't like hit the super heights, which he is yet to hit. He will hit them. But he was certainly a part of what the Mariners did this year. He could provide a batting average. He can hit some pop, drive in runs, OBP. He can do it all, man, except steal bags. And he's also a great defender, so it's always going to keep him on the field. He ended up being one of the better defenders in baseball at first base. Number and one defensive uh, first baseman in the league by all the yeah, metrics. I was reading that. There the other it is. Day. So, you know, Ty France, good for you, buddy. I kind of regret that I traded you in my home league, but, you know, it got me Randy Rosarina. And nice. would you rather have Randy Rosarina or Ty France? A Rosarina because you're going to get the stolen bases. I wish Ty France could give you double-digit stolen bases because that, then that becomes a lot closer. I mean, Ty France had a real nice second half, batted 321, uh, hit 10 home runs, 46 runs, 36 RBIs. And we've seen that the Mariners put together a real nice offense this year, and I think they're going to be even better next year. I think Kelnick actually steps up next year and ends up being a top 100 player. He looked a lot better down the stretch. I think we're going to see Julio Rodriguez halfway through the season next year. If they can get any type of pitching, they, I think they can compete again in the West. Beautiful. Uh, anybody else you want to mention before we wrap it up, Deary? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, what a season. Oh, who's so going to win things. it all? Who's going to win it all? Oh, yeah. Uh, playoffs? Uh, yeah, I think the... I think the Dodgers repeat. I want the Rays to win, but I think yeah. the Dodgers pull it off just because they have so much talent. Yeah. My dream World Series would be Rays Brewers, but I think it's gonna be <laughs> I think it's gonna be Dodgers Astros. I I I am I'm, I'm rooting for the Rays, uh, but I think it's gonna be Dodgers Astros. This gonna be a repeat of 2017, but the Dodgers are gonna end up taking it this time. I think we see a repeat. I think we see Dodgers Rays again. And I think the Dodgers win it again. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Astros are undervalued. The only thing I'm worried about is the Astros pitching. Is it good enough? I just... Is Grinky a part of this rotation in the playoffs? Is he still viable for them? Luis Garcia I mean, has been a revelation, but what can he do in the playoffs? That's a mystery a bit. So. Yeah, I mean, are the Rays going to go to the World Series with their top three pitchers being rookies? Yeah. It's amazing. Because they don't know they any do. better, right? It's a classic. They don't know any better. So fuck yeah. it. It's, and they're going to manage it properly. Yeah, uh, uh, you would think that would mean they would win it all, but what the Dodgers did last night—it just shows what they can do. The tightest, most intense game possible, especially is a wild card game, but it was really intense playoff game, and they got it done because there's just people in that lineup, up and down, and on the pitching staff. All the, Corey Knebel, Blake Trinan, all yeah. these extra relievers they have. These guys are all at one time or another they were all all-star closers in this league. Blake Trinan was, and Corey Knebel was, and then they got Kenley Jansen too. So. There's nothing they don't have. And Joe Kelly's a really good, like, go-between reliever, too. And he got big outs. I just, I think they figured it out. They got over the hump, and now they're not afraid anymore, and they know they can do it. I'm not afraid anymore. I think they were like, oh, I don't know. Can we get this done or not? Are we the ones to do this? We always seem to get fucked or something doesn't go our way. And <laughs> Now, the fact that Clayton Kershaw is not available, I actually think it helps them in a weird way. He's not the best playoff performer. No, he hasn't been. And, I mean, 
You imagine if he was healthy and he had to start against the Cardinals after all the bad luck? Do you think they would? I would love to have. I would have wanted to have known if Clayton Kershaw was fully healthy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's been so bad against them in the playoffs. It's like a full-on track record. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. I mean, he would have been your – I mean, he's your fourth starter. (laughs) Yes, I would love to see Brewers-Rays playoffs, World Series. That would be so wonderful. But uh, unfortunately, some of the fun teams I like got matched up against each other. The Brewers and the Braves are going to go home, and so are the White Sox. They're going to go home. They're not going to do shit. Sorry. And I like the White Sox. They're a fun team, but they're just – they don't have it yet, and the Astros are two seasoned. It would really surprise me if the White Sox beat the Astros. It would. Yeah. Well, I, I we're going to see the the White Sox back for the next several years here. Yes, of course. No, it's the decade of the White Sox, unless yeah. they fall apart and blow it. And you know, speaking of the White Sox, I, I really like Lucas Giolito even more next year. I think he'll be even better. He was actually like bad at parts in several starts. He was bad this year, but he still had an ERA of around three seventy. You know, it was three fifty three. I just looked at it. 353. It actually better. wasn't as bad as we thought. Like I think he, he get was, that down. Yeah. 320. He was, my, he was my Cy Young pick coming into this year. And it wasn't a terrible season, but like I yeah, like he I just I had a lot of bad you. starts. I, I I like him more next year. Yeah. If you take out starts. like five starts, like remember that Patriots Day start in the early game in Boston way back yeah. in April? He was awful. It's just these these moments that happen during the year, and you're like, oh shit. Well, that's not gonna be good for the ERA. It's gonna be hard to overcome. And the other thing with Sandy Alcantara, if you took out the start he had at Coors, where he gave up a shitload of runs, he has like a two-two-six ERA. Oh. Yeah, well, look at look at what seven or eight starts of Luis Castillo. Coors, exactly. He, he well, had a nice that's a lot half. of starts. Yeah. Well, the first half was a nightmare. And <laughs> you did, but that's why you get guys like Walker Bueller consistency all year long, all year. man. That matters. That's why you draft him in the top fifteen. So. All right, well, there it is, man. Baseball's fun. We love you guys. The Plotso Podcast. We're going to keep doing our thing. Uh, yeah, we'll do an episode again. Uh, well, we'll just talk. Yeah, we'll do it next week or something. I don't know. There's still more baseball to talk about. Still more we'll we talk when cover. You get back. We'll talk when you get back from uh, first pitch. Yes, right. Yeah, we got to have the post-first pitch breakdown to explain what it was like and give you my guys, my uh, inside experience. Uh, first Pitch Arizona brought to you by BaseballHQ.com. Uh, you can still fly there if you want to just show up. It's in Mesa, Arizona at the Sheridan. Me and Leanne got a room there. You guys want to come by? You can stay on our floor if you want. Uh, I wish, I, man, I wish I, I could. I <laughs> yeah, I would love to have you there. It'd be fun. Yeah, uh, work got too busy. Christina loves baseball too. You guys would be a great couple for that. She's so knee deep into work now. <laughs> oh God, work. We're Why working. You guys, work? you guys need to stop working. People. I don't know. Why you guys yeah, we're working. getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll build that nest egg first. Uh, yeah. Uh, Clock's ticking on me. He's got to quit working. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. Yeah, I'm 41 years old. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to be working as a counselor by June next year. So I'll oh. be busy again. I'll be back yeah. out there doing my thing. But for now, I'm just going to keep kind of. Yeah. You guys are the best. Thanks. Uh, two L's, two Z. Utah. Follow Give us. Two. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and do that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you would. It would make our day. If you haven't done it this season, just give us that one five-star review. We'll do anything you want for it. Thank you so much. And Godspeed to y'all. Bye, everybody. All right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline 
will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.